Welcome to Mystery House Sires and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fancast. And, boy, you really have an episode of Riverdale. <laughs> we have four episodes of Riverdale, really. All in one. And I wanted to banter. I wanted to say, hey, Kevin, happy birthday. Have you heard about the World War I Fortnite map? Uh, the World War I Fortnite map? I heard a very brief news Well, I know they did um, that uh, Fortnite is now in, like, essentially season two, their world. Not season, because they actually did a season, but, like, Fortnite 2 almost, effectively. Because they did a, they completely wiped the old map and there's a new map out. Apparently, a part of the new map has something to do with Remembrance Day slash Veterans Day. Oh, okay. So, they, they put It's like a out. special short-term That, that makes sense. Thing. They, they did the, I mean, hey, they did the same thing with Thanos, you know? Yeah, so... <laughs> Remembrance Day, Thanos... It's fine. Yeah, it's basically the same. <laughs> Half the population of young men. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We would uh we would love to banter about that, but this episode is dance. And here's the thing. All of our Riverdale episodes so far this season have been an hour and twenty minutes, no matter how hard we try to tone them down. <laughs> it's just there's just so much this season so much and there's so many things to force ourselves to remember that every short scene needs <laughs> to be explained it's true the, the the basic setup of the podcast you're about to if this is your first time listening to this podcast wow uh thank you uh but how it will go is it will explain a scene then we'll spend quite a while and i'll cut out some of it of us just trying to remember the the crime scene of the past. And trying to understand the impact of the scene we are listening to right now. Because do we know why it's important? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But I think with that, we should probably just get into the episode. Because as we said, it is a dense one. It is a hard one. There's a lot going on. There is no Cheryl and Tony because they could not fit them in there. I'm going to sneeze. No, it's gone now. All right. This is Riverdale, Season 4, Episode 5, Witness for the Prosecution. Witness for the Prosecution. We begin, as every episode begins, with Jughead writing about stuff. In this case... I don't know what he's writing anymore. I don't know how he knows about what's going on because he was writing about how Archie is the hero that Riverdale deserves. But he's sitting at Stonewall. So I still don't know. Is this the future or the past? And when is the last time he saw his dear friend Archie at all? <laughs> it's been a while. Was it the first season? First episode of the season? Who knows? But yes, uh, Riverdale has gotten the hero it deserves. <laughs> Maybe not the hero it needs, but the hero it deserves, however that quote from Batman goes. It uh, is a sweet teenage boy who's wearing a hoodie and a mask, walking down, him, <laughs> Sketch Alley. Yes. Well, well, we, we, we see, the, we see the, the woman walking. You know, Bruce Wayne's mother <laughs> walking down Sketch Alley, which... And- does sound like a crazy name for an alley, but I will remind you, the canon name for the alley that Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered in is, do you know what it is, Aaron? I do not. Crime Alley. And the thing is, this is Riverdale. This is not Gotham. <laughs> yeah, it, this this shot is Gotham. This is Gotham City. They went 
like over to the Arrowverse guys, and we're like, "Hey," which also records in Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver, so like, hey, hey you're a Star City. Can we just smoke it up and make it a little more Gotham? And we're like, um, we're explicitly not Gotham. I know, but we'll just put some smoke into it. It'll all be the same, guys. We just want to put Archie in your alley. I think Star City is supposed to be an XB four like well, the Gotham West Coast because Gotham is New York, but I but different. Gotham is like. Or is Gotham like Chicago? No, Gotham is both Gotham and Metropolis are New York, but they're different parts of New York. But then, so Star City is Seattle. supposed to be like Seattle. I think Star City is supposed to be Seattle. But then what is Flashtown? Central? Yeah. I think Central is supposed to be like Chicago. But then how do they get to Star City so fast? Mm, so Hello, welcome to our DC <laughs> podcast. So this woman walking down a place called Sketch Alley alone is suddenly... Uh, Accosted by teens. And they, or grown men. Hard yeah, to say. It's hard to say. But they barely, barely get to her when Archie comes flying out of the shadows and just straight up shoulder checks one away. And then he looks at them. And then they run. And then he, like, catches his breath and goes, oh, oh God, all right. And then he leans down. And and he slowly picks picks up up the woman's purse. And then he turns to her and goes, here is your put. And then she sprays him. And I'm just saying, lady, where was your pepper spray when a man was accosting you? I understand all the adrenaline. She's got a lot of adrenaline going through. She's a lot of scared. Archie is still wearing a mask, but the um, but this is the reason why she shouldn't, why people should not be allowed to have guns. Like if she had a gun, she would have just shot Archie. Also, why did she choose to go down Sketch Alley? It appears to go nowhere and achieve nothing. (laughs) True, Sketch Alley is like a. Two kilometer long alley. It's not a shortcut. It's not a shortcut. Why would anyone ever be there? <laughs> so, also, uh, what Ar- happened to Riverdale, the city that cares? I don't know. Ar- so, Archie got pepper sprayed is, is the, the crux of this. And it will continue a pattern of Archie being actually a really bad crime fighter. The problem is he wants to wear jeans and a hoodie and a black hood mask. He needs a better f- crime-fighting costume. Yes, he costume. needs to look like a hero, not like just another criminal. Well, the, the first. Yep. Betty is at school, and she invites Kevin Keller to join her at the junior FBI class. Because she needs another character in that. And Kevin class. needs friends. Kevin needs a storyline. He doesn't have a kidney, so I guess he has to be an FBI agent. Yeah, I, I like, he's open up. Anyone can can sign up for it. And I'm like... I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Kevin's definitely not interested in being an FBI. I mean, I guess his dad's the sheriff. He never showed any. He wants He wants to go to NYU. But he does want to hang out with Betty because she's his friend. Also, he wants to meet cute boys because kids from all the high schools can come to this. And also, I mean, man, I would go to an FBI, like, uh, like a night. Like, that would be, be a cool thing to Yeah. Like, like I, 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 don't not, I don't have much Especially because it's free. Yeah, just a free, like, learn about the – I mean, I would – I will do all that stuff just to learn what it's like. And if my friend invites me, I like to hang out with my friend. <laughs> my one friend, Betty. <laughs> they're, it's good they're friends now, though. All right. Uh, let's check in to see what Molly Ringwald Andrews is doing. And she's meeting with Hermione and asking her about a mysterious bag of money. Because Molly Ringwald Andrews is Hermione's lawyer, in case you're wondering. She may not have been before, but now she lives in Riverdale, so... <laughs> yep, and which means, of course, they can, I guess, just... I don't is 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 lawyer McCoy still in this show? <laughs> I mean Josie's gone. Is she on Katie Keene now? Also 
five years older. <laughs> I mean, oh no, she was she was there in the but that was just the Luke Perry episode. Yeah, does she that mean, count? It's not canon. All right, so yeah, she's talking about Hermione, and they do bring up that there was a there was the bag of money found in Hermione's like. Her, possession. Well, no, it, Not her it, was, possession. it was in her purse, like or her bag, and it and it had a bunch of money, and it was found in Tallboy's room. But here's the thing: Hiram loves to put bags of money <laughs> with HL initials on them all over it's the place. It's also his initials as well. So Veronica has no patience for this because <laughs> she has two papers due this week. Veronica is standing in a talk between a lawyer and, and her mother who might go to jail for like ever. And she's like, oh my God, I have all the schoolwork and my mom's going to jail and my dad might not go to jail. This is too much. Also, I haven't told anyone that my dad keeps breaking out of jail and visiting me. Even though I'm standing presumably in the jail. I should tell someone. <laughs> Not at the jail, obviously, because he's paying off the people at the jail. But maybe when I meet the FBI agent, the federal prosecutor, later this episode, I, I should tell her. I should tell her an actual crime that is going on. Maybe when I meet this private investigator who's trying to like stand up for my dad, I should explain the crimes my dad has done since he has gone to jail. Anyway, this is about me now. And my papers, they're due. Now let's head over to see what Jughead's up to. He's busy researching the Stonewall <laughs> he's, 4. He's, the, the time where he got put into a coffin has done nothing to him. He just sort of picked up where he left off, and Debbie is still there. And she's it's, like, hey, what you doing? He's like, I remember. It's like, it's like they just reset to the moment before he went in the coffin, where he's just like, all right, back to this. That has no impact. Like, but this time, Donna... No coffee from you. I actually did find something. These four, the four kids who dropped out of school also went missing. That is something. That is something. That is something. And he's like, did my friend Moose go missing? And John is like, absolutely not. I've been texting him so much. Look at these fake text messages I'm showing you. It turns out the photo. Ah, that's a dick pic. <laughs> that's a dick pic if I had ever seen one. And here's the thing. Really? <laughs> oh, sure. Ooh, maybe. Hey, uh, every, pretty much everybody else at that school are kind of like weedy, preppy nerds. Moose was like a football player. He was the entire football team. He was the team. entire football team, as far as I know, because he mentioned it. <laughs> so no wonder Donna likes him. <laughs> the entire football team. Smash cut to class where Sam Whitworth, because we have forgotten his teacher name. and his Shipping. <laughs> Mr. Chipping. He has, he has three names, though, as we're about to find out. That's bad. I don't like it. Because he's a teacher. He just... I'll, I'll say that because apparently he, like the, the book he hands out is actually a popular book. He's not just like, hey, students, here is my upcoming novel. But he does give the students his upcoming novel, which is a part of popular teen book series the, the hardy, hardy Bo boys oh, sorry uh the baxter boys oh my god we can't say that Aaron. <laughs> oops how dare we oh, okay i think we're good so the baxter boys it's an ongoing teen mystery series no. you would think would stretch back to the 50s but i guess just stretches back to a few decades but we'll get there later. Now, here's what you need to know about the Baxter Boys in this universe. You know, in our universe, the Hardy Boys is like, oh, everyone knows it. It's a, like, you know, series of books. Yeah, it's, people just take it over. Yeah, different yeah. writers write in different decades. In, in in this world, the Baxter Boys is like high society art. 
Like, my God, do all these kids love the Baxter Boys. Oh, my God. Did Sam Witwer write the Baxter Boys? The Baxter Boys? What? That's crazy. Uh, he he is. wrote four of them. Yeah, he, yeah, we learned later he wrote four of them. He is the current uh, holder of the title... Uh, what, what was it? Franklin P. Paxton. He's the current Franklin P. Paxton. But much like Batman is just a symbol and not a person... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can be Batman, especially yeah. Robin. I guess Spider-Man would work better. Spider-Man specifically, anyone can be Spider-Man. Anyone can be most superheroes, except for the Flash. They, they have explicitly, on many times, someone else has been Batman, and they're like, you're a worse Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring Bruce Wayne back. He's a better Batman. You know who's a very good arrow, though? Except for Batman Beyond. He was fine. Sorry, go ahead. All arrows are good arrows. <laughs> if they can do the salmon ladder and shoot an arrow, great work. That's <laughs> true. Although they should not kill people. <laughs> So, uh, because with the release of, what's it, The Boy Scout? It's, the Baxter Boys? I no, didn't, no, no, I didn't no, no, read no, the title no, no. of the, this The title one. was like The Lost Boy Scouts or the, something like that, which I feel like is foreshadowing. Ooh. Uh, remember how all the scouts were on the TV show? Also, Jughead being murdered? I was more thinking the camp thing, that like he definitely gets murdered in the woods later. Oh, Yes. They go camping. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but in honor of that, they're going to have a wine and cheese night. And all the children are invited. And also all of the current and previous ghostwriters. Which will be one. <laughs> will also be there. I presume the other ones are there as well. They do not ma- matter. There is an attractive middle-aged African-American woman who, who is there. could be one of the Franklin P. Paxons. Or she could also be a parent of one of the Power Rangers. She could Rangers. also be parents of the one black Power Ranger. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. The show is offensive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move to uh, to Pops, where, man, this case is just, like, ramping up because he got a subpoena. And he has to testify in Hiram Lodge's trial because of all of the book doctoring he did for reasons that we don't remember. Yeah. So, if from what I remember, the way that, that Hiram actually got arrested is that because it learned that he was in charge of... The, the secret the, speakeasy. The secret speakeasy. They were able to use the books that she doctored earlier to stop herself from paying him. Remember how she doctored the books uh, so she yes. could she couldn't extort him? They used that, and because they were actually Hiram's like books. books, he went to jail for doctoring those books, which Pop doctored for Hermione to stop him from extorting them. But didn't Veronica do all of that? Also, she's Sorry, a Veronica. child. Um, Did Pop do any of it? I thought Veronica and Reggie were just going wild. No, apparently Pop's, Pop was the one who... Once again, Veronica... Why, why would Pop, Pop's not the owner in any ways? It was either Veronica or Hiram. And anyway, also, so, Hiram went to jail for serving alcohol to children and also running an illegal gambling ring in his secret speakeasy? No, he just went to jail for doctoring those books. I thought Veronica proved that he... No. She did prove that he fought children, though. (laughs) Did she? Yeah, he got caught boxing Archie for the ownership of the town. Yeah, yeah, but but he wasn't arrested for caught for that. That was a thing that everybody was kind of fine with. I'm just saying that's a real character thing that will really go against him in his court case. Yeah, no one seems to... Which we don't see. No one seems to care about really how... Okay, the point is that Pops has to testify about doctoring the books, which he did, and he says he can't lie under oath. He is incapable of lying. Yeah, under oath. (laughs) So Veronica goes to the jail and yells at her father about it. Yeah, how dare you in this crime thing admit something that is true that i did that is also a crime 
and I was mostly distracted because Hiram has gotten a lot of color while being in jail. He's a very tan man. He's in charge of the jail. Which, no... Yeah, we've I know. already gone over this. Yeah, we've already gone over it that it is so absolutely ridiculous. He's in the jail that he currently owns. Veronica is filled with the same hair pulling out rage as I am, I guess. So she goes to meet with the FBI prosecutor who she is told to uh, Molly Ringwald that she's meeting on the down low. Because this, this is illegal. So she does it at her secret secret speakeasy that <laughs> she keeps inviting people to that everyone knows about that and, strangers could come in and she says to the prosecutor hey pops is going to testify the truth no we can't let pops testify because he's going to tell the truth but i will also tell the truth because i told pops to do the extorting and i am 17 so no one will care yeah i'll we'll, I'll, she makes be, a great point yeah but at the same time that's not like, Here's the thing, though. This is the danger of making a 16-year-old think she's in charge of a bar. She will do illegal things, thinking, she, thinking she's just tricking but, her dad. But the entire point is that she's like, she's like I will tell him that I made Pop uh, – uh, I'll tell him that I made Pop change the books, but I'll tell them I did it because my father was extorting me. And the problem I have with that is that if the idea was to prove that those books were fabricated, that's just her admitting the books are fabricated, and the whole my father's extorting me thing doesn't work when you're a teenager. And what you should really do is, my dad was being a real jerk, so I thought I would play a prank on him. <laughs> By forcing a gr- But that's still pop. Like, it doesn't matter if, Aaron, if a teenager told me to go, to go steal a Ferrari from a Ferrari dealership as a fun prank, I still... Listened to the teenager and stole a Ferrari. But you know what you do in this case? You put Veronica on the stand first, and she says she pulled a prank, and then Pops gets on the stand, and it looks like he's just covering for a child. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, really? In Riverdale Universe? Yes. <laughs> man, but that's still illegal. Like and this- everyone's like, oh, that poor sweet man. He got tricked by that poor child. That's still illegal. Still a crime. We feel bad for him, so we should make him do some community service. <laughs> but then but then Hiram still gets off. Yeah, but then Pop's not in trouble. They don't care about Pop being in trouble. Let's be clear. Veronica does not care about Pop being in trouble. She wants to make sure Hiram goes to jail. I've fallen down a hole where I'm not sure what anyone's motivation is anymore. I don't know. Also, Pop still would have to testify a subpoena. You have to do a subpoena. True. All right, we got to head over to that FBI class. And they're going to start with an easy topic. They're going to start with everyone just getting polos, I guess. They're all going to wear some cute blue polos and learn about serial killers. Yes. Uh, so Charles shows some, uh, like, very PG uh, crime scene photos. And then he shows them uh, three faces. They are uh, the photos that you take when you're arrested. Mugshots. And Veronica. Nope. Nope. He's like, do you know which one of these is the killer? And Betty goes, it's the third one. And Betty always knows. (laughs) And then she knows it's the middle one. And then she knows it's none of them. And then Kevin thinks Charles is hot, which is less important in this scene. Because Charles explains, uh, do you know the connection between all these people? Well, Betty thinks there's none, but there is one, because that specific storyline we talked about last season is coming back. The dumbest of storylines, the most made up of storylines. You see, all of these men 
have the MAOA and the CH-13 genes, also known as the serial killer genes. Dun, dun, dun. Now, as a quick recap, I will remind you that these genes actually do exist, and there has been some studies, and people have called them the serial killer genes. However, there is no empirical evidence that this genealogy specifically creates serial killers. It's all nature versus nurture, which is a deep field of study. Mm, no, uh, psycho- psychopathy is some. The difference between psychopathy and sociopathy. Psychopathy is something that could be traced back, but, but I, it's 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 I not. It had to do with like how they develop based on your yes, nurture. It's not enough. It's not enough to be like this person has this gene that means they are a serial killer a hundred percent. Because you know what that is eugenics. That's eugenics, <laughs> and that's bad. <laughs> that's all. That's also essentially phrenology. Ah, uh, well, the shape of this person. Like he might as well just be saying, "Oh, the shape of this person's head." Actually, I bet after Betty blacked out, he was like, "Of course, there is no evidence that the it is a quint. It could be a coincidence that these three have these genes. It's probably you have these genes who don't go on to be serial killers." Let me give some examples. But at, at that point, at that point, Betty is like leaned back over her chair, passed out, looking at the. <laughs> ceiling (sighs) betty is pretty psychic about who a serial killer is though but maybe she also just researched these cases (laughs) i highly believe like if anyone's a murderino on the show it's betty okay uh very quickly we see uh jughead looking for his baxter brothers brothers book there's not a whole lot here maybe they burned down in the trailer maybe fp threw them away fp's a little bit weird about it we do hear that not only are there the baxter brothers there is of course tracy true which is who Betty loved. Yeah, there was a crossover between the Baxter Brothers and Tracy True. Now, I wonder who that could be, Aaron. Is it another CW TV show? No, nah, that's ridiculous. This is a totally original character that doesn't rhyme with another <laughs> character. Never. Was that character maybe once played by Emma Roberts? No. Man, the fact that the Hardy Boys XP is not the, like, Barty bros. <laughs> they really tried. They actually called them something different, but the other one is Tracy True. We're not uh. gonna we're not gonna lean on that. What we will lean on is the fact that I was correct. And for reasons unknown, Brent is a roommate of Moose and Jughead. I will remind you, I never said you were wrong. I was just horribly confused it was never set up. And it still makes no sense for Brent still has a single bed in a corner. Yeah, he's Brent. He's got to have his own bed. And Jughead still sleeps on the top bunk. That's because that's the boss bunk. And he is reading his Baxter Boys book. Yep. And Brent is like, hey, don't read. (laughs) Hey, don't read, you nerd. I'm also a nerd and an author. Uh, I don't know how to roll with this. I'm a diplomat's child. I really want to be a writer. Oh, God, stop reading a book, you nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Jughead rolls on his side and reads the book with a flashlight. Yeah. Some pages are missing. Yeah. By some, I mean one. Uh, we head over to Archie's storyline, where they're painting over some graffito on the wall. Alan, a real bad man who owns a convenience store. <laughs> I don't know where he and yells at Archie because a child maybe tried to steal a comic. Yeah, it's unclear if the child actually tried to steal one or if he was being essentially profiled by this really aggressively bad shopkeeper. We do get a somewhat a reason why later, I and mean, we'll just say it. Dodger has been essentially paying shopkeepers to be jerks to Archie. Well, he hasn't been paying them. He's oh, been no, he's been threatening, threatening them because he he they they pay him for quote unquote protection. We all know what that means. We've watched enough stuff to know what protection means. Protection from him and his three friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh 
and he and there's an additional uh like requirement other than just paying they have to be mean essentially to the community center because so, he doesn't like 16 year olds yeah uh <laughs> i mean the community center is a big threat to him uh but now none of the kids are allowed in the shop and he calls the community center a halfway house and he hates it so much and he walked from somewhere with that kid <laughs> which means he left his he convenience left. store alone oh he goes back and that place is cleared out by dodger by dodger well, i don't know what happened man all those kids how artful i am <laughs> Dodger. We see all the kids and they're painting the wall from the graffiti that Dodger does every night. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Kevin, over at Stonewall Prep, the first Franklin P. Paxton comes to class. Yeah. And it's Mr. DuPont. Yeah, some 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 old man. Some old man called DuPont. But not that old. Yeah, so Chipping has apparently wrote the last four of these Baxter boys, which means he's probably doing this for, like, two to four years. These books, like, those... They come out pretty quickly. Yeah, if you imagine, they probably... I mean, actually, usually there's actually a bunch... There's not just one. There's a bunch of people writing them. Yeah, Uh, and they rotate. So at least... I would say at least one year. Mm -hmm. So at least four years. Uh, And... (laughs) But now it's time to find the next one. And Jughead is so excited, not because he thinks he's the next one, but he just loves these books. And DuPont is there. But then, oh my god, even more reason for excitement. They're going to pick the next Ghost Rider from the five Power Rangers. Yeah, because because all the Franklin P. Paxtons have come from Stonewall. So apparently, they're just going to now just get a 17-year-old. <laughs> Because they want to keep it cool and relevant and hip for the youth. You know that's why they did it. Not because they're like, ah, oh, we probably had enough of the uh, the the chipping style of Franco P. Paxton. And they're like, you know what we got to do? We got to get, get uh, some Baxter Brothers who know memes. Let's get some chiffs in there. <laughs> Where's that floss dancing? <laughs> we, we, need, we need a kid who will write the Baxter Brothers flossing. That's what we need. We need young kids. So what we'll get is these Power Rangers. <laughs> we what well, we what we need are teens with attitude. Really, really, Dupont Zordon. So, does this mean the secret society we've been hoping for? There's no secret society, Aaron. It's just a bunch of nerds writing books. The coolest secret society. Ah, the Hardy Brothers. I mean, the Baxter Brothers. So what the kids are going to have to do is write three chapters of the next book and also submit a book outline, which is a reasonable assignment. Yeah, absolutely reasonable assignment. I mean, it's super aggressive that, that by doing that, they'll get a book contract. The reins to an established franchise. Uh, but it, it is a reasonable assignment. It's a reasonable assignment. Now... Now, there's going to have to be some sort of, like, criteria, something like that. But What's they the theme of the book? But they don't know what it is yet. I'm going to guess mystery. Ooh. <laughs> Baxter boys. Uh, we, have, we have a very quick scene where Betty goes to get her jeans tested. And uh, she does have those jeans. And then we skip over, presumably, where the doctor goes... Now, once again, this does not mean that you will be a serial killer. There is no conclusive evidence that possessing these two genes will make you... But instead, she's just totally blacked out. She just can't have it. Yeah. So she heads out and lies to Kevin and says, Oh, no, I don't have the genes. And that is it. That is the entire scene. Here's another short scene. I thought I saw Archie seeing some men break into a car, but it turns out they're just stealing hubcaps because... 
that's a viable crime enterprise in the year 2019. Yeah, I mean, I know there was a thing, like, back in, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But, like, hubcaps now are made out of plastic, and sometimes they fall off when you hit a curb. Yeah, like, it's it doesn't... And especially for a gang that presumably has a thriving drug trade, that seems weirdly low. Especially because I thought maybe something that made this in the kids out to do. No, but these are men's. Ah, but they're not all men, because you see, well, Archie runs them away... And then decide to go back and put the hubcap on while still wearing his mask, which just makes him look like the criminal. But don't worry. He's not caught by a grown-up. He's caught by that child who was maybe stealing that comic book earlier. But now he has a gun. And the a child, full-on gun. And the child's like, what you doing? Why are you a hero, yo? <laughs> or and, something. I don't and know. And then Archie chases him off and shouts, The Dodger's done! Uh, you tell Dodger, where are the other drugs going? I'm a man! You, I'm a grown adult! <laughs> you tell Dodger I'm an adult! They they definitely deepen his voice in post. You can tell, like, the digital artifact. Oh, he's got that Batman voice. <laughs> Swear to me! <laughs> Which leads right into Archie and Monroe essentially telling the kids, like, oh, so we got word that some people, some Dodger was stealing hubcaps. Some because- bad things were happening, and FP said to us that if uh, any more bad things happened, then uh, you guys would be... Uh- in trouble, uh, we're I, uh, gonna be shut down. But I told so. him that none of you would do that. Look at the boy who's standing in the front front of the line. He would never do that. And then the boy says, "Hey, you're teenagers <laughs> who are seniors in high school. When you graduate, this entire enterprise will shut down. What happens when you leave for college?" And I'm like, "Wasn't the entire purpose that Archie wasn't going to leave for college?" Like that. A- Adults will take over this community center. The, the people who should have been in charge of it all along. I mean, to be fair, these are younger kids just talking to older kids. None of them are actually grasping the situation. Molly Ringwald is really the one in charge of this. And it is unfortunate <laughs> because we do discover from Archie that he unlocks the place every morning and shuts down every night. He's- so Archie no longer has a life. Well, so he unlocks it, goes to school. I guess someone stays there during the day. The caretaker. Who's the that? The janitor. Who's that? That old man who was the janitor. When did we ever see him? He was the one who found the kid. No, that was the shopkeeper of the shop. Not that kid. The kid <laughs> in season three who lived in the gym, who then stabbed Archie in the kidney. He, there's because no he was way a part of the gargoyles. There's no way that man works there anymore. No, they talked about him earlier in the season. What? He's the caretaker. No. Yes. What? No. Yes. Anyway, this whole enterprise makes no sense. There's no way this is a viable business. I don't know what's happening anymore. It's just a place that Archie unlocks sometimes, and then he and Monroe teach children how to fight. But it's supposed to be a non-profit for, like, grants for give kids, like, like the. it's it's not supposed to be a business. Really, if they were doing a non-profit properly, they would find grown adults with social work backgrounds who they could hire to work there and pay with their grants. Yeah, I, I know. There's a lot There's a lot going on there that doesn't make any sense. I have a question for you, Aaron. Does Archie mm. even go to school anymore? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does Monroe go to school anymore? I know we see them at the school, but my question is... Do we see them in class? <laughs> we do. Yes, but is Archie actually going to those classes? We'll or, talk about this later. Or does he just later. pop up into a class? 
Anyway, right. the speaking kids of like, class, blah, 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 I guess. Blah, blah, blah. Speaking of class, I guess. Uh, Betty is off in her FBI class some more. And Charles talks about how many serial killers have abused animals, which is true. Yeah, and then Betty flashes back to when she was drugged up at the farm. And she was told by herself, a.k.a. her sister, lying to her so hard. That she drowned their cat, Caramel. I will say, in this flashback, Polly says, Polly Betty says, we did it well this because she's but betty, being betty knows she's polly in this scene yeah it's weird for her to flash back to her being like drugged and manipulated like oh uh, yes she was i remember that now <laughs> she did say that and i have no reason to not disbelieve to... her why would i not believe my drug adult hallucination <laughs> why would she lie to me remember when i was being tricked and forced to join this cult because edgar really wanted me for reasons unknown <laughs> the 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 amount that that cult told her the truth is absolutely insane. <laughs> they did tell her a lot. Maybe that's the thing. She's like, but they did steal Kevin's kidney. <laughs> All the things. That cult wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> they told me a lot of insane truths. Did I kill my cat? Oh, man. Oh, no. All right. Things are about to get uh, rough. So we go and begin the court case. Now, specifically, this is Hermione's court case. Yes. We will not see Hiram's. No. Though we will see the outcome in this episode because, okay. So, this starts with FP up on the stand and he explains that there was, when he first searched Tallboy's place, or... Sure, something with Tallboy, he was doing an investigation. There was no bag. And he also explains that, like, Tallboy was killed because they struggled for... And I honestly, at this point, I cannot remember if this is a truth or a lie. Um, Fangs and... Right, they killed Tallboy. Fangs and... Who was the other one? The one who wasn't Fangs? Sweet Pea. Yeah, Fangs and Sweet Pea killed Tallboy because he was trying to escape the sex bunker. Right. So, FP is lying here, saying that he was the one who killed Tallboy. But now, why Soft Boy was trying to escape the sex bunker? I don't know. Cannot remember. I mean, because he was in the sex bunker. You, you, you. <laughs> but why did he go to there? <laughs> well, he was. He, he was. He being, was a fake gargoyle king. Yeah, he was being kept there to like s- snitch on Penny. Oh, he, oh was God. With, he was working with Penny Peabody. Oh God! Apparently, there was money in his place. I can't remember. I'm the thing is, I'm confusing Tallboy with that gargoyle from the season where he died in the bathroom, and they found money there. Oh, that was season one. I know, I know that was season one, but I'm confusing because there was also money found at his place because they found that because 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 Hermione was paying him off. Like that's the exact same thing happened. No, no, the one who died in the bathroom was being paid off by Clifford Blossom. Okay. And he was killed in a fake overdose because he helped Clifford Blossom kill Jason. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, FP says that there, there, whatever, the house he searched, when he searched FP, like, there was no bag there. That's the big thing. And I feel like the bag they're talking about is the bag we saw in season one, which was definitely from Hiram to yeah. do scare Hermione. I don't know. And then they start talking about the cabin. <laughs> This is the cabin where Sheriff McGruff was killed. Yeah, and they're like, do you remember who owned the cabin? And uh, FP was like, like, why would I possibly know I that? I imagine it was Hiram's cabin, and they're like, actually, it was owned by Hermione. And for some reason, that's a big thing, but I don't think it is. Because they're a married couple, and a lot of property could go in either of their names. 
You like, and I, I'm sure Hermione signed, signed all kinds of dumb papers. Like they made Veronica a third party. And she didn't know. She didn't know she owned a third of the company. They just did it. So, also, she thought she owned a secret speakeasy. So this company just like forges signatures everywhere. So, like it, 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 it seems like it's supposed to be a big thing, but I don't understand why. Because I said this to Aaron when we were watching the episode. This whole entire everything time they talk about this court case, every time they talk about this crime stuff, it feels like it was written by like a child. Mostly because I don't remember anything that has happened with the lodges ever. Like it's it was it's spread out over too long, and they don't do a good enough job of reminding us what happened. We we because we watch the previously on, so we watch them every episode. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't tell what well, we we have no idea what's going on. You can't expect like we we watch the season as it comes out. We watched it and then then we took the break when they took a break, came back. And no we idea take what's notes. Ha- we pay a lot of attention. We have no idea what's happening. There is some strange woman in red there who I originally thought was her was Veronica. Oh, Veronica in disguise. <laughs> I'm like, what? But Veronica's sitting right in front of her. There's just this strange woman in red who keeps getting the camera focused on her. With sunglasses. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Very quickly. <laughs> what made you happy this week? This week on Thursday, I took a fitness class and it was awesome. It was a spin yoga class and it was 90s themed and they gave us scrunchies. And the entire time during the yoga component, I just wanted to dance because it was things like brick and Wonderwall and Name by the Goo Goo Dolls and just some like real classic 90s junior high dance jams where you don't really understand the meaning of the songs. Perfect. So fun. Yeah. Also, I burned like 800 calories in an hour. Oh, nice. Which I don't know if that's an accurate count, but I liked it. <laughs> Kevin, what made you happy this week? Well, I mean, this is our sense over the week, but uh, it's NaNoWriMo this month, and I have every single day been able to hit the word count, and that is great. Very good. That's great. I have 400 words to write when I get home, and then that's I'll be good bad. for today. And then tomorrow, we will write for so long. Yeah, exactly. And have snacks and watch Star Trek? Something. All right, we got a quick scene with Jughead uh, talking with uh, du- Dupont about his grandfather. And Dupont's like, oh, Forsyth. Oh my God, this man loves Loved. loves his grandfather. They were the, they were the same age, but he he talked about him like he was his student. He they were the best friends for the half a semester <laughs> the Forsyth went there. But he was a writer, and he was such a talented writer. He was also such a brawler. Yeah. So he says, hey, you should invite your dad to the party. I would love to meet a Forsyth son. I love all them Forsyths. Arr. <laughs> okay, back to the court. Veronica has a meeting one-on-one with her mother where she's talking about, like, the plea deals that are being offered towards Hermione. Yeah, she, she asks her about the cabin, says it's in her name, and her mom says, it wasn't in my name. He must have changed it, which... Could be true, could be fake. It probably is true because apparently these people just change names on everything. And then Veronica's like, well, why didn't you just say, I've never been there before. I don't know that place. And then her mother, uh, in a flashback, for the first flashback that actually tells something that's going on, uh, tells her that, or 
reminds her that that, not reminds, reminds the audience, tells Veronica. That she has been there. That's where she used to sleep with Sheriff McGruff. And then shot him. Then killed him. Uh, I do not remember what his final, like... Deal was? Like, like, like what Was he going to flip on her? Well, I remember why. She killed him because she hired him to kill... Hiram, so she had to clean up her loose ends. Oh, I was I couldn't remember. Right. Did he just go missing? And his head was found s- somewhere. He was found in a swamp. Right. And they blamed Archie. I think they blamed Hiram. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was when Archie was on the run. It was when Archie. No, they, they did not blame Archie for decapitating <laughs> Sheriff McGruff. Maybe that was when Hiram was discovered. I can't remember, but yes. And they were like, "Yes, Hiram killed Sheriff McGruff." Archie, come back to town. I remember there being a specific thing where they're like, ah, we found him with his head cut and like a, like a dramatic shot on Veronica. All anyway, right. Veronica says to her mother, I need the truth. And then Molly Ringwald, Andrews, is, is suddenly there. there. <laughs> yeah, they cut to the same room at a later time. And Veronica. There's a lawyer there now. <laughs> has the plan. She would like Hermione to do a guilty plea before more secrets come forward because she finally <laughs> understands the TV show she's on. She, she, she's like, maybe my family does do crime. So, Molly Ringwald Andrews, what if we reveal a small crime to hide bigger crimes? Yes, she will admit to, admit to the crime, but then Molly's like, but that means she'll still go to jail for a long time. It's not like we have some sort of magic wand to make the charges disappear. And Veronica's like, hello. Have you met me before? You would need need some sort of access to the governor. The governor Dooley. Governor Dooley would have to be mentioned repeatedly in this show, and you would have to know who he was. Yes, Molly Rangwald Andrews. And? (laughs) So their plan is to, I guess, just have have Hermione admit to the crimes and then have the governor... Do a pardon like that. Just pardon her. What? Don't worry, we don't have time to think about that, because Betty has a nightmare where she remembers maybe herself killing a cat. She crushes it with a rock, even which though... Is even, which not is not drowning. Which is not what Polly said in her imagination. So but, what does this mean? But it's never explained to us, but clearly Betty's like, hmm, this still tracks with that hallucin- with that drug dream I had. Hmm... Repressed memory. Thank you. Throughout this episode, Betty is so bad at taking in and using information. And Betty is typically so good at this. All right. I mean, oh, guys, we have to do the Jughead scene where he goes to talk to his dad. And his dad's like, Jughead, I'm having a real bad day. Yeah, FP is, F, this This scene is legit. Like, FP's having legitimate, like, good, not, not he's having a bad time. This is good drama because he's like, Jughead, I got a lot of stuff going on, and also, I hate my dad. <laughs> and, like, I'm glad wanna... <laughs> that you like your school, and I wanted you to have opportunities, and I didn't want you to think that we didn't deserve opportunities, but I cannot go to that school, Jughead. Yeah, there's a great thing where he, where he, you essentially see he starts out with the, uh, with the class, with, with, he starts out from a place of safety, and he goes, oh, you want me to go and hang out with all those blue bloods and elitists who look down on us? And throughout his own talking, he shifts from a place of safety to, like, broaching the actual subject of that he hates his dad, and he doesn't want to go to a place to hear people talk, say good things about someone that he hates. Reasonable character cool. growth. No mocking here. Here's some mocking. <laughs> Veronica meets with Julie and in her sp- secret speakeasy. He is surprised that Veronica's there. 
but who invited him to this secret speakeasy owned by a child? And why would he expect that she wouldn't talk to him? And then she blackmails him again. Uh, With all the things he's done, you know, taking drug money, kickbacks from the prison, a fake quarantine. Now she has done this blackmail before. And he's like, how many times are you going to blackmail me? And I'm like, this is what happens when you do crime, Mr. Dooley. The blackmail sticks around. She can blackmail you as many times as she wants. Also, all I could imagine is that, so if she admits to that and then he immediately pardons her, that would look so much worse. So suspicious. <laughs> like, like, okay, so so a, um, a, a rich, like a businesswoman, like a... A mayor of a town. A mayor of a town and a, 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 a social and business and elite person and like then just she goes to jail she admits, admits to her crimes and then he just comes in like yeah she's free now to be fair the only thing she's on trial for is conspiracy to kill her husband it's true so i guess she pleads guilty to that and then he comes in and he's like hey hiram lodge was kind of a bad dude <laughs> Who wouldn't conspire to kill him? There's what I'm saying is, I'm considering what happens in the rest of this episode. There's no way that Governor Dooley does not start getting investigated or at least not reelected. Luckily, the FBI is on Veronica's <laughs> side. The FBI is doing their own thing. Hard to say. All right, so <laughs> let's let's head over to that fancy wine and cheese party. And Aaron, it's very serious. Do you know what's happens at these fancy wine and cheese book release parties. Well, Kevin, I would imagine that they discuss the themes of the novel in, like, deep, intensive, reflective ways. No, that's stupid. They play Wink Murder. The game that <laughs> children play at drama they just, camp. They just call it murder, but they hand out cards, and one person will get a card that says murder on it, and that person has to go around and wink at people and then five seconds later, they die. So they're just playing wink murder, but they're also fancy. A- but they're also actually having wine and cheese. Like, man, maybe I just need to make my friends play wink murder. I mean, I, I guess it's- they're not even playing handshake murder. No, nah, wink murder. So Jughead is the murderer, and he does an excellent job at it, despite being incredibly obvious. And then he. Kills Brent by winking, winking at him, and Brent immediately shouts, "It's him!" And then Brent goes, "Yeah, because I killed you." And then these two children snipe at each other, snipe each other for a little bit. The Dupont's like, "Hold on, hold on." Clearly, Jughead has won this game, you child. I watched him wink at you, you weirdo boy. I can see what you're doing, sir. <laughs> and then he so he goes off and talks to Jughead, and he's oh my god, so into. The grandson of a guy he went to school with for a couple months. He loves the Forsyths. He is so sad that FP is not there. He so wants Jughead to enter the contest because of his grandfather's legacy or something. He's had to, he had read like two things his grandfather written, but apparently they're the greatest things DuPont had ever read. Do you think that FP Jones the first actually wrote the first Baxter Boys novel and DuPont just found it after he escaped school and published it? Because I do. Aaron, at this point, there's a reasonable chance that DuPont is Forsyth. Ooh. Because... You're right. Because FP has not seen him, and Jughead just saw a photo of two young boys, one marked DuPont, one marked Forsyth, and then assumed, like, ah, I see. So, who knows? 
But first... Another scene of Betty in the FBI class. And the junior FBI class talks about serial killer diaries, so of course Betty has to read her own diaries. And we never see what's in them, but she does go... (gasps) Oh my god, we're in court! (laughs) Hermione Lodge pleads guilty. During the closing statements, which is... Not how that works. And the woman in red is also there. Not in red anymore, but she's definitely the same woman, and she just leaves the room, I guess, pleased? Hard to say. Hard to say. Oh, back to Betty. This storyline makes me so tired. But also, it will make you... So happy. Because Betty reveals her fears to Kevin. She explains how her cat was hit by a car and the cat was gravely injured. So she went to her father and she said, Dad, my cat is dying. And Hal said, the only thing to do is for you to hit it with a rock. Yeah, she wants her to old yeller her cat. So as a child, like a six-year-old, she did as her father said. And her dad goes, good, good young child. And And Kevin goes, okay, so, yeah, clearly that was your messed up dad making you kill a cat. And Betty's like, but my jeans. (laughs) Yeah, once again, Betty ignoring obvious information to go on a weird, like, her her just even talking to Kevin and being like, this proves I'm a serial killer. My serial killer dad made me kill a cat once when I was six. And he's like, that seems to prove your dad is messed up more than you are. And she's like, but serial killers kill animals. <laughs> it's like, mm. and the, the, I, oh God, is it is it, is it Kevin or her that goes, maybe you should leave the class. That's Kevin. He's like, this class seems bad for you, <laughs> my friend. This class seems to be bringing things up in you. Maybe you drop out, you crazy person. You're overthinking things, my maybe, dear friend. Maybe drop out and see a therapist and stop self-therapizing. Betty, you're normally the main character of this TV show. And right now, Betty, I don't know, I guess I am. Betty, you said she went onto WebMD and searched up stuff. It's like, oh my god, I have cancer. It turns out blood blister on her toe. Uh, all right. So on WebMD, I'm feeling tired. I uh, I, I think I might might have a new mole growth. Uh, and I'm not things, very hungry. I'm not very hungry. I am a serial killer. All right. <laughs> oh, Kevin. I know you have no kidney, but you're our friend. All right. Uh, over the community center, FP is getting around. So he heads in and he's like, Hey, guys, so a lot of complaints. So, uh, maybe, and Archie's like, no, the complaints are wrong. Our kids are good. Everybody's like, all right. I saw the same thing happen with the serpents. And I'm like, so were the serpents a gang or not? Not important right now. Effie's like, you know what you do? You just invite the community over for a clam bake. Let them know that you're a good dude and you're a good gang that's going to do good things. Which makes it, number one, FP, it's not a gang. It's a community center. For children to go to and have fun. Stop treating everything like a gang. Not everything is a gang. I'm I'm now more certain than ever that the Serpents was just a community center thing and that FP kept saying was a gang. Because I don't think he sees things outside of the concept of gang. Like, yeah. like someday he's going to go to Stonewall and be like, you know, this is a pretty good gang you got yourself. And Chuck is like, you mean my roommates? I don't like him. I don't like him. Yeah, but he's part of your gang. No, we're on opposite sides, Dad. <laughs> no, you don't understand. We're the Power Rangers. <laughs> That's different. It's different. We're not a gang. We're teens with attitude. 
So, so I guess speaking of Stonewall, <laughs> here's a short scene where Brent is sad because Jughead run one wink murder. That's all I can think of. Brent is so incredibly petty. He was fine with Jughead like being touring the touring school and, be, and being, being a part of it. Being part of it until Jughead said that his that his work was kind of like Salvador Dali. Or no, not Salvador Dali. Um, Salinger. Salinger. It was kind of like Salinger. Which Jughead was like, your story was not to my taste. And he went, oh, you go to hell. <laughs> and then Jughead went wink murder, and now Brett wants him to die. So he tells Jughead that the only reason he got into the school was because he is a poor, and no one on the admissions committee even read his work, which, okay. But Sam did. Sam Whitwer did. But, Chipping did. Yeah, the, the, the other people didn't need to because Chipping thought his work yeah, was good. Yeah, Chipping vouched for him. Anyway, this sets Jughead off and he does. And now it's Brett starting to be like, you don't have any friends, Jughead. None of them like you. And you're like, well, <laughs> The Power okay. Rangers don't like you. I mean, Donna might. <laughs> Donna seems chill with him. And the other ones. There's there's at least one scene in the murder where like it's hanging out. There's Jughead and... um. Oh, man, I just want to call her Trini. <laughs> they don't have names. <laughs> yeah, they don't have names yet. It's Trini and Zach. Yep. Yeah, so Trini um, is, like, looking at him with this weird, like, oh, man, we're buddies things. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. Whatever, Brent. <sighs> All right. Uh, when when FP said to Archie, you should invite the community over and have, like, a clam bake or, like, some sort of, like, like you know, I thought he was going to throw, like, a, a party and, like, bring and invite the town. No. He throws a press conference. Where he invites Alice Cooper Smith and various members of the community who Alice has strong armed into coming for him to ag- aggressively like threaten. He essentially is like, "No, we're good, and we'll prove that we're good. I'm extending the hours. I have forced Reggie into doing a Big Brothers Big Sisters program with the Vixens I- and the Sports Boys. I'm currently dating his his ex girlfriend. So he's a part of this. Look at him standing next to me. We're cool now, and and if you guys don't get involved, I will beat you up. You need to try harder to make Riverdale a good city. Now, to be fair, what he says is that get out of like like. If Try you, harder or get out of my yeah, face. Yeah, get out of my face. Get out of our way. But it's what's good. It's an incredibly threatening, like, do good thing, which sometimes you need, but it's hilarious to see. But it turns out that everyone, except for the angry convenience store owner, is cool with this. Yeah. And this is when we find out from the construction store owner. Yeah, the hardware store owner that Dodger has been essentially. Essentially, Dodger runs an actual gang. So remember how there were like three gangs last season? Yeah, it turns out there was one gang that was an actual gang, and the rest were just a bunch of jerks. And the one gang is Dodger. How does Riverdale, the town that cares... <laughs> so many gangs! <laughs> there, it used to be like, oh, the Southside Serpents, and Southside Serpents is just like a a fun club that and does charity they, work. And sometimes they were kind of jerks at the drive-in. <laughs> but this is a gang that's literally, like, strong-arming... They're Conven- a mafia. Like, so this is a this is more mafia than the mafia was. <sighs> All right, so Jughead's at home and he wants to quit. He doesn't He's want to go so back to Stonewall. And FP's like, "Hey, boy, <laughs> I didn't finish high school. What? Your dad didn't finish my my dad didn't finish high school. You're going to finish high school." And I'm like, 
Remember when FP was like a major member of the football team until he played D&D? Now, to be fair, before that, I, I also thought it was a high school dropout. There was just that one segment in the middle there when they did the, the G&G thing. Where I where we were like, wait, wasn't he supposed to be like an out? Like, why is why, why is, is he so popular? Is he so po- what? Can't explain it. Anyway, so Jughead has to go back. Also, Jughead's dad's not buy those books. His grandfather bought all of the Baxter Boy books for Jughead. Yeah. He just kept sending them, which is why there's a chance his dad is either is either one of the Baxters or Dupont himself. And then Jughead's like, oh. The only reasonable solution to this is for me to go look for Grandpa. <laughs> no, no, don't do, don't, don't do that. Just go back don't, to school. Betty puts on her polo because <laughs> that she has to wear the polo when she's at the class, and she goes to the FBI agency, which is where the class is, because we've not pointed that out yet. I, I guess we have to. This class been around for a while. It's just been run by someone who's not Charles because Charles or Charles arrive in town. Got the cult, and it's like you know what? Let's start up a junior FBI. Maybe program he wanted here. to start the yeah. Maybe he wanted to start the branch in Riverdale because he was like, you know, there's a lot of kids in the surrounding area who have been really affected by cults and other like really high end crime <laughs> and potentially supernatural events. Let's put the FBI there. Seems reasonable. So she wants to quit the program. She's like, I, you have to understand. I understand these things. I have these genes. I have the genes in me, man. The genes are inside me. And Charles is like, that's fine, Betty. I also have the genes. You have to take this so you can understand that part of you. And at this moment, I realize Roberto watched Mindhunter. And I realize <laughs> that means the genes come from Alice, not Hal. Yeah. Yeah, both those things are true. Hal does not have the serial killer genes. Alice does. Not wrong. <laughs> which means a char... Which Betty does not connect. Betty was so good last season... Betty, come back to us. <laughs> Unless that's going to be revealed real later, which at the point they shouldn't reveal it. Anybody paying attention would realize that they that the, that the parent they share is not Hal. It is Alice. Right. <sighs> Over at the secret speakeasy, Veronica very obviously talks on the phone to the governor and thanks him for all his help in front of many customers, including the woman formerly in red. Yes, and this woman starts a conversation with Veronica and slowly reveals that she is a private eye. And she was hired by Hiram to prove that Veronica is a terrible human. Well, no, to prove that she fabricated the evidence against him, which she did. But also, he is the person who decided to... trick his child into thinking that she owned a bar like as the adult in the situation you take responsibility for all the things your dumb child did he is a criminal aaron yes yeah like the 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 thing is he's still a bad like this private investigator even if she does prove veronica did all the illegal things Hiram is still responsible for all of the illegal things a minor did. Well i mean the, the 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 she did emancipate herself did she ever go through with that? Ah, uh, who knows? Um, the it is no, no, she does because her her last name's no longer Lodge. It's... But that happened after. I know. Um, so the idea here is that this this lawyer would or the some investigator would find the evidence that she, that you know she fabricated the stuff at, and also proof of collusion between the prosecutor and her, which and is also illegal. Turns out, but again. 
Veronica's a child. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's still illegal for the other people. Yeah, it is still illegal for the other people. But the way that this scene and everything involving Veronica plays is that it's her. It's all about her. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I at this point, you just have to ignore her. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. She, Veronica thinks this is about her so much, but it's just about her dad trying to get out of jail. No, this is about her because Veronica tries to pay off the woman, and the woman says no. Our father needed help. And then she essentially implies, I am the good child. You are the bad child. Yes, she she is apparently uh, Hiram's first child, which means she is 35. For he also <laughs> had a child in high school. <laughs> the same one as Chick. May I point out, this woman looks mm, 12 to 18 years older than Chick. Now... Then Maybe contemporary with Charles. Also, Hira, is she also Hermione's kid? Hard to say. We don't know that. <laughs> she doesn't seem to have a problem with throwing Hermione into the bus. She but could, Hiram must be saved. She could also be a half half daughter. Could be Hiram had an affair. That in would be, high school. In high school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she heads off now because she has evidence of the collusion and was just here to essentially brag taunt about Veronica. taunt Veronica I assume because Hiram was like go taunt your sister this is what we do in this family uh, now let's head through uh, the end of this episode because I thought that was going to be the end no there's more there's a bunch of endings actually to this episode Jughead reads a Baxter Boys book The Secret of the Old Windmill yep uh, that's when he mentions that's I think it's the first one because he's the secret of the old windmill earlier that was published decades ago. So I imagine that's the first one. That's had a missing page, yeah. but then he sees some like writing impressions. Yep. So he draws over them with a pencil, and it says, um, "It's a card from his grandfather." Yeah. But it importantly says it's a message from his grandfather. Trust few. Never let them take anything from you. Okay, now, no, no, no. It says a bunch before that. It says a bunch of very sweet things like, hey, Jughead, I hope you like this book. But I, this is the important but part. But, yeah, he does go, P.S., here's some really weird and cryptic advice to trust no one. <laughs> well, a few people. It, which I which which I feel like would be sweet if you if you read it when he was young. And it's like, okay, Dad, okay, Grandpa, you want me to be like, Hard and like like thinking and always I'm an wondering. Investigator. But since he's in the middle of something very serious right now, it like, is ominous. Ominous. Oh my God! Alice Cooper Smith interviews a free Hiram Lodge. Yes, because we never saw his court case. Well, because they just dropped it. The, the what the entire purpose was for them to drop the charges. And he informs Alice Cooper Smith that he will do the one thing he has always wanted to do. Now that he's free, he's gonna. Run for mayor? And they make this very ominous. And all I'm thinking is like, how, 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 how would this town vote him in for mayor? How this town... I would say 90% of this town is not going to vote because they are too busy either being in a gang (laughs) or fighting against a gang. Yeah. And those who will vote are people who were friends with him in high school and think he's a jerk. Well, not only that, like... Everything about him is a fake quarantine. Everything about him is criminally suspect. Like, like, yeah. Unless if the town is hundred percent like lawful neutral, they believe in the law and that's it. And he wasn't. He he. The law. It's been proven he didn't break the law. Yeah, he was found not guilty. That means we can't hold it against him. Like he still. You what? Huh? At this point, who in this town is on the side of the lodges? Or the Blossoms. 
the only good family in town is the Joneses, I guess. And I mean, and the Andrews. They like them. That's true, but Fred Andrews didn't win the mayor- mayoral election. I know, but that's, uh, I don't know. I, if, if they say that Hiram can win mayor, I uh, will be- Burning so- this house to the ground? It's ridiculous to imagine that a town would just be like, yeah, whatever. And now that that whole thing has happened- there's no way Dooley will get elected either because... Oh, because he colluded. He clearly colluded. It, it doesn't matter that it wasn't proven in court. There's no way that, like, a bunch of people would be okay with this. And that fake quarantine is really obvious. <laughs> no lodge should ever be in power in this town. There's no way they would... They would they, oh, God. There's no way he could have a chance at being mayor. He could run all he wants. There is no mayor for this town right now, by the way. That is clear. Oh, that's true. Here's another ending to this episode. Dodger leaves a place that is not the arcade. <laughs> yep. And Archie lurks on up in his low-rent Batman costume. And threatens him. He's like, oh, you get out of here. You, ah. You're bad. I declare war on you, sir. Dodger has to... <laughs> Dodger takes a full 15 seconds to open up his car, get out, a ruff, ruffle through it, come out with a gun. But then Archie's vanished? Oh my god, it only took him 15 seconds. <laughs> to step sideways behind a wall. <laughs> to just <laughs> to just leave, to just leave the situation. He did it. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he's just like, oh, he turned around? Time for me to go. <laughs> I've made my point, thank you. <laughs> he didn't know there was a gun involved at all. So <sighs> now we are in Sam Whitward's literary class and also dupont is there dupont's like hey who's in for my competition to be the next ghostwriter and all of these literary kids are so thrilled to be ghost to be a ghostwriter for the hardy boys and you think at least one of them would be like no i kind of just want like chase my own dreams i don't write mysteries because i mean okay i don't want to say this because being ghostwriter for these things is very is like very, very lucrative and it's hard to get work as an author but and especially I've- as a young yeah. Writer, it's a good way to really sharpen your writing skills because you have to conform to someone else's style. So but, you learn a lot about like but writing these, style. These are also like seven kids. You can't tell me one of them is not like I'm not going to sell out. Well, you think that one is Jughead, <laughs> but it's not. He's just too cool to raise his hand. Yeah, I guess. Well, he wants to be dramatic, be like, "No, no, I'm in, and I'm going to win, Brett." And, and other Power Rangers, I guess, but mostly Brett. And also, everyone, I'm no longer Jughead. No, I'm Forsyth. The third. <laughs> oh, we, we skipped over something. We missed the um, Betty finale. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I will say that this leads into the final scene, so we can't finish that yet. We have to rewind, because Betty is talking to Kevin. And she's like, Kevin, <laughs> I told... Here, let me rewind. I'm now suspicious of Charles. Yeah, so she t- she told, she says, hey, Kevin, I told Charles about... My genes. About my genes. And he said, he has the same genes. He is a serial killer, Kevin. That is the only thing I got from this. Not that, hey, maybe, maybe these genes don't mean you're a serial killer. Or, hey, my brother opened up to me about his own problems. No, now this means my brother is a serial killer. I am a trash human being. And so, Kevin, we must stalk him. Why is he still in Riverdale? Let's stalk him. He's running a class. He's running the FBI class. But Kevin, what does he do all day? All he does is go to work and then teach a class and then hang out with me. What does he do with the rest of his time? Maybe he's depressed, Betty, because his family keeps on treating him like this. 
the fact that her brother essentially opened up to her about like I also am dealing with this thing because we have to I guess assume in this world that those genes are mean like something mean something not this weird phrenology eugenics nonsense and <laughs> and it's and just and she took it by being like mm, yes of course you are also a serial killer <laughs> and I will be a Dexter. I will prove to you that I am the good serial killer. By killing you, the bad serial killer. And skipping forward, at the end of the scene where Jughead agrees to enter the contest and announces his new name. We learn what the theme is. The theme is the perfect murder. Dun, dun, dun. Cut forward to spring, where... Archie and other students are in class. I assume Archie is visiting. This is biology class in senior year. And then, boom, in comes FP and other police officers, I assume he hired for just this moment. And he says, Archie Andrews, Betty Cooper, Veronica Lodge, you are all under arrest for the murder of my son. And we said... Oh. This this definitely continues on the idea that Jughead's going to be faking his own death and has to, like, perfectly fake his death. And we now very much think it has to do with his luck. He, yes, it's something to do with that. I don't know. I don't know. Roberto, where's my secret society? It's not going to be a secret society. It's <sighs> just going to be books. It's just going to be books and books. I like books. But no. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think we're getting a secret society. <laughs> I, think, I think the... Unless if all of a sudden this progression of Franklin P. Paxton's is going to be revealed to be some sort of weird secret society. Wouldn't that have been such a fun episode if we had met like six or seven different Franklin P. Paxton's and we met like all of their different personality quirks and there was like a little summary where we like saw their personality quirks reflected in the books? Yeah, but where where would have been the time in this episode, Aaron? Aaron, they only have 22 episodes this season. Only 22 only episodes. 20, and we're five in, man. They, there's not much time. There is no room for a Jughead-only episode where we have some really cool stuff. No, Aaron. They have to cram as much nonsense into each individual episode so nothing has time to breathe and nothing makes sense. Remember when Reggie was abused by his dad and then he beat up his truck and now it's fine? Now he's no longer abused. Yes. I do remember that. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. That this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic stood next to drama and gave it a side eye because that was the only thing it was allowed to do in this episode? I did. And that moment was actually in the Betty and Kevin scene. Yeah. Where she was like, one? <laughs> now we're suspicious of Charles. Yeah. But it was not for the reason you think it is. It was because at the beginning of her monologue about how Charles is a mysterious figure that they should be suspicious of, she said, Kevin, forget the drama. Who cares if Charles is straight or if Charles is gay? We need to follow if he's a serial killer. (laughs) And I didn't know that whether Charles was straight or gay was a plot point in this episode until then. It was something that... that, um... Kevin said Charles is hot, but I didn't know... No, Kevin, Kevin asked if he was gay. It was so brushed over with, like, all of the... Yeah, not a plot point, like, not nearly. No, it's, it's, it's not a plot point. It is a very weird line to put in, like, we would remember that single line from the beginning. Like, if if we were there writing down notes as we do, why there's no way we would remember that one-off joke. And also, the point of that was that Kevin thought Charles was hot, not that they were, like, 
curious about Charles' sexuality. No, it was yeah, it was it was a it was a one-off joke that for some reason decided to bring back again at the end before she accused her brother of being a serial killer. So not logical. No, definitely not. Needlessly dramatic. <laughs> definitely so. The encapsulation of a CW moment. Absolutely. Did you find a CW moment? Yeah, and it's sort of a meta CW moment. We 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 alluded to it, but I, I just want to sort of bring it in because maybe not because it's dramatic, but mostly because it's absolutely illogical <laughs> that that as as Veronica was sitting there talking to the FBI agent and or not the the FBI prosecutor mm-hmm. and talking about how like okay this one thing they're, pro- they're prosecuting with it might not go through they, they might be able to prove that it didn't happen because actually this one thing they're accusing him of was actually a like a doctored job. She couldn't bring up any of the other crime stuff she knew, including what we mentioned, that he actually keeps leaving the prison. Which is very provable, I'm sure. Which is, I'm sure, it's amazingly provable, like, with... <laughs> I'm sure. And she has never told an adult. She is scared for her safety because he keeps leaving the prison. But all she'll do is make a jokingly pass it with her friends by being like, yeah, my dad keeps leaving the prison. And no one's like, hey, why don't you do something? It's it's insane that she can only perceive things within a tiny little box and cannot see out of it. Accurate. And it's... It's illogical with how they set her up because they set her they the show constantly sets her up as like smart the and smartest. capable but she's not. She The only reason she got away from the serial killer last episode is because she killed a man. <laughs> and because the news report told her he was a serial killer. She didn't figure it out. She didn't She was not suspicious of his actions at, at all. all. <laughs> she just heard the report like, "Oh, that matches that guy." And then lit him on fire. So a dead body was left in her secret speakeasy. We're fine. They're fine. We're fine. It doesn't matter. Or when they stole money from um, uh, Reggie's Rizzi's dad. Dad's, she did not come up with that plan. That was nope. all Reggie. Nope. She. The only plan she ever comes up with is let's have a sexy car wash or like something that she only comes up with plans that essentially – Archie, like, you should have a Halloween party. That will prove to Dodger that it's he al- it's can't always, rule the streets. Yeah, it's always parties. She always comes with a plan. It's always parties. It's always some form of that. And like even even her big plan to like show up, um, what's the guy? Elio was her dad's plan. That he told her. That he told her to do. Yeah. Like, like they the sh- show if you want Veronica to be smart, show us that she's smart. Oh uh, well, that's that's a. Uh, that's Riverdale for this week. So I guess the storylines for this season are more secret siblings. That's fun. Oh, yeah. The fact that, like, there did she, did she say what her name was? I nope. swear I think it starts with an H. I don't think she said it. It's So, yeah, we got another sibling, either from the first match or another half-sibling. Either I'm, way. They're just re- redoing that storyline again, but now she's the evil one. But maybe Charles is also the evil one. I do like Jughead's Stonewall storyline. I don't like this spring break fake murder thing. You just, especially because as we get close to it, I'm just figuring it out. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And it kind of would be cooler if they just did at the beginning and not at the end of every episode. Yeah. Slowly revealing what the twist will be. But I do like the Stonewall nonsense. And I even kind of like Brent. Brent is needlessly douchey. <laughs> and I kind of love it because a lot of teenagers would be like i'm so cool with you <gasps> you vaguely insulted me 
I will kill you no, Br- Brett, with my words. Brett is an amazingly realistic character of just being like a petty, like, entitled teen who, yeah, of course he gets angry because he lost Winkmer. That's what he does. But it's comparing Brett to like other what everyone else is dealing with you're like that's why he said this this episode feels like four different tv shows yeah we're gonna wrap this up uh this is it's just sides and abs you should give us a rating on uh apple podcast or google play or spotify wherever you listen to us and i just want to send a shout out to morgan they just gave us a shout out on their instagram feed oh thank you yeah, Instagram story. Yeah, and uh, you can, of course, we are on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's Podcast Moa, both at Podcast Moa. You know how social media works. Podcast MOA, just do the thing. Just send us an email. It'd be podcastmoa at gmail.com. And man, I guess we'll see you next week. Who will run against Hiram for mayor? Why is Charles still in Riverdale? Will Archie ever figure out where are the drugs going? Where's Rachel? Where's the detonator? <laughs> World's greatest detective. Francis Olive's and more joins next week on Mystery Sires and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 